You are the universe. You are that which created the universe, and you are everything in the universe. You are infinite consciousness having a human experience, and you get to have a life that is one of joy, peace, and abundance. My name is Karina, I am your host, and you are listening to Beyond Stardust. Welcome back to Beyond Stardust. So um, some of you may know that I am driving across the country right now. So I am in Nevada at the moment and I have all my recording stuff not with me. (laughs) So I'm recording from my phone. So I'm going to do the best that I can to get the next few episodes out to you via my phone. Next week I have an interview that I'm doing. Actually I'm doing the interview in just tomorrow but it'll be released next Wednesday so that one will also be recorded for my phone. But there shouldn't be any any issues and I'm just really excited for you guys to hear this guest. It is another um, wonderful woman who I've had the pleasure of working with both as a coach and both and as a client. Um, She's been my coach and my client. So Um, so yeah, that's exciting and that's coming up, but for today, what I had planned for you was a Q and a, so a few different times I posted on my social medias, on my Instagram, my and my Facebook and my stories to ask me any questions you guys had about spirituality and um, manifestation. I got a few questions, which I will be answering today. And then um, if we have time towards the end of the episode, I'm going to ask a few popular questions because I just didn't know how long this was gonna take and I wanted to give you guys a full episode and perhaps answer some questions that you might've had or that you may have and didn't know you had (laughs) about spirituality or manifesting. Uh, spirituality is a really broad term, I feel like. I feel like so many things can be grouped into spirituality. I feel like the exploration of your of the self and what lies beyond the human and beyond this earth is spirituality. Um, searching for what is more, beyond the seen, beyond the 3D, you know? All of that kind of falls into spirituality. And spirituality also, although I separate it from religion, um you know, it does tie together. So, um, when I talk about spirituality, I talk about all of it. I talk about your journey, whatever that journey may be, you know, so for some people, their journey into spirituality may have started with a journey into religion. Um, and then they're just, if you know, they deviated a little bit because they found some things didn't resonate, or maybe it is mostly involved in religion, but you know, they, I, like I said, I separate the two. I feel like one is more of an internal quest than a quest looking outside themselves at some, at, at a certain doctrine or dogma or whatever. So um, different people's spirituality journey can look different. And what I teach is, you know, I definitely guide people on their spiritual journey. I was, as I re- mentioned in my first episode, I was raised um, with Wicca with other like forms of witchcraft. I was raised with, um, I learned tarot when I was 12. I was raised with crystal magic, candle magic, other type of herb magic, um, and meditation, visualization, subliminals, all of that was stuff that I grew up with. You know, it wasn't something I discovered as an adult. It was something that was deep in my life to the point that I kind of, like kind of, um, 
rebelled against it. Like I went the whole practical, if I can't see it, taste it, feel it, touch it, it doesn't actually exist. I went that, I took like a, a route of rebellion against that, which, you know, you would think you can't rebel against spirituality, but when it's taught by your authority figures as something that just is, you know, I do feel like we have an individual need to find our own path and to kind of search for ourselves and find a truth for ourselves instead of just believing what we've been told by authorities, which led me down the route of, you know, dismissing it for a while and then coming back to it on my journey and, and really diving really deep into spirituality. So it's been a lifetime journey for me. Um, and as I've described before recently, uh, my, I had a spiritual awakening, as you can say, I don't know how else to describe it. It was, I basically, and I, I spoke about this before, but I basically was getting a little bit overwhelmed because there was the stuff that I knew, right? Because I was raised with this stuff all my life, you know? So, like, I definitely believed in crystal magic. I've had experiences. I astral project. I, um, I've had psychic experiences. I've had telepathic experiences. I've, um, I discovered the chakras and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm trying to be better about pronouncing words that don't come from the English, English language better. Um, I've, I discovered that quite kind of accidentally, like I didn't go out searching to learn about it. It was something that came to me in a vision, which I'll go into one day, I'm sure, but it came to me in an experience in a vision and I went and looked it up and it, and it was a experience that I had in my sacral in my heart. And then I looked it up and the vision matched exactly with what the symbols were. And I had not looked into to it before, nor had I really learned about it before. And, you know, so, um, so I've had a lot of experiences in my life. And anyway, I had this recent kind of like, oh, I was, that's what it was. I was, at, I basically was kind of like overwhelmed having the internet, having TikTok, having, being around more like spiritual teachers, people who are teaching all kinds of things about, you know, I've connected with my spirit guides. I don't really work with them too much these days, but I have worked with spirit guides. You know, there's a lot of conflicting information out there. There's a lot of, um, there was just a lot of like overwhelm from stuff I was seeing on the internet. Some things that were very concerning to me. Um, some narratives that promote hierarchy, some narratives that promote escapism because, you know, we still are human. I mean, while our true nature is not human, we're still experiencing this humanness. We're still, we're still having this 3D earth human experience. And there was a lot of escapism, avoidance, spiritual bypassing, a lot of stuff that was kind of concerning out there. So basically I, you ask and you receive from the universe. So basically I asked the universe, um, just, I just want to know the truth. I was like, spirit guys, God, universe, anybody who's listening, just show me the truth. I just need some more clarity around this. I'm overwhelmed. I know what I grew up with. I know what I know. And then I'm seeing all this other stuff. And some of it's very concerning. Just show me the truth. And of course you ask and you shall receive, right? So, um, it led me to a mentor kind of funny. I, yeah, I, I did a tarot read at, reading for myself. I, I do tarot reading sometimes for clarity, confirmation, and, um, yeah, for clarity and confirmation. There's a third one <laughs> that I say that I do. Clarity, confirmation, and something else. Anyways, um, 
so sometimes I still use tarot in myself, even though I don't actually read for other people and I don't really promote it. Um, but yeah, from like I said, clarity, confirmation and, and motivation. I don't know. Um, so anyway, I, I did a tarot reading and it said like, you're going to have a male mentor come into your life. The tarot read layout said that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's weird. Cause I was working strictly with women and I was only hiring women mentors and I was only mentoring women. Um, and the reason for that is because I really, I work very well with the feminine energy. I'm naturally very like feminine energy led and it's just how I, how I function easy, you know, the, the most easily, <laughs> the most at ease. Um, and also just because, you know, there are issues, like I feel more comfortable speaking to a woman about, you know, intimate intimacy with men or stuff like that, or like some of the issues I had around dating anyway. So that, so I preferred to w work with, um, women and, so the fact that it said that a male mentor was going to come into my life was a little bit surprising to me, but sure enough, through a series of events, I ended up, um, gaining a male mentor who I had already started my spirit, this recent spiritual awakening before he came into my life, but it just kind of like solidified it, I guess. I don't know. I basically spent a week in kind of this like depression it's not really it wasn't even a depression it was just like a shedding like a mourning of my old self and my old beliefs and who I was before spiritually and I woke up to a new whole new spiritual perspective and it was all so simple and it was like I had known it already but it like that deep deep knowledge of like it's not just knowing it intellectually it's knowing it from that deeper place that's what kicked in and it really changed everything and it's so simple that many overlook it. And really it comes back to kind of like what non-duality teachers are teaching or, you know, like Eckhart Tolle, you'll hear me talk a lot about that. So it came to that, which is basically like recognizing who and what we really are, which is this infinite consciousness. Um, I had already known that we were all the universe. The universe is within us and we are the universe. I'd already known that. I'd known that for decades. Decades, I've heard it. I believed it. I've written about it. I've talked about it like it was an intellectual knowledge but but like to conceptualize it no that's not the right word but to really like get it at the deep level like it still is kind of like oh it's just one of those mysteries our brain can't grasp but when I really realized it um you know it just kind of like changed so much and then it makes just more sense how we really are all one and how um we do create our reality, not just create things. We don't just create, you know, material things. We don't just create events in our reality. Every single thing is created by us at our true nature. Every single little thing, every single little thing, the little piece of dust that flew by your or the little piece of like whatever dust lint, whatever that flew by your eye, you created that. <laughs> I know that sounds silly. And also a lot of people don't like to talk about that because there's a lot of really not so great things that happen. Um, and it's not that it's there, that there's anything wrong with somebody who, who, you know, it's not, it's not your individual self that's created. It's an, it's part of the grand creation that is created by, by infinite consciousness. And 
even the really like we are infinite beings we are infinite beings we will never die at our essence the body will die everybody's body will die but at the this essence of who we are we will never die we are eternal infinite beings and so you know um even like even the things that seem horrendous and are horrendous and shouldn't be happening they're just a blip in time they're just a brief moment in time in the grand scale of things and that's not to d dismiss any suffering or any negativity that's happened it's just to really look at it from a wider scale and from a bigger picture and the truth of the matter is is that what we are which is infinite love infinite happiness infinite joy infinite abundance etc etc is discovering itself through duality so through this dual this world of duality through the experiences of what it is not i have said it before you can't know what light is unless you experience the dark right so it's through knowing what it is not or having that duality experience that it can discover what it is so that's that's the whole point the whole point of this earth is to wake up to our true nature and have and enjoy it make it into a playground enjoy the experience create we create through the human vessel we well the infinite consciousness creates but we can direct creation through the human vessel um through the mind through the through the body through the feelings um through the conscious and subconscious so that is kind of what i teach but that but that you know the other things have a place in that definitely you know when i where i differ i kind of lean towards i like what eckhart tolle talks about because he's still tolle eckhart tolle because he still teaches how to consciously manifest a lot of i don't really pay a, t a lot of attention to non-duality i mean i pay attention to them i don't actually I tend to not really resonate 100% with non-duality teachers because I do feel that there's a dismissal of the human there. I do feel that that's kind of like, we are nothing, there is nothing, there's non-duality. Like, resting in infinite consciousness is beautiful, but we are not here to not, you know, we are here to have the human experience. So why not take advantage of it and use it to our full ability, ability right? Why not? rest as infinite consciousness while playing as the human you know what I mean sure like while creating things that could be fun and an experience you know that are play that are fun that are joy of that thing that is play and fun and joy for you is to you know travel the world then create that that thing that is that is fun and play and joyful for you is to you know create a successful business then have fun with that you know it's about wake up to your true nature and experience the human experience no, while knowing who and what you truly are. So anyways, that's my little rant. <laughs> um, so I'll answer some of these questions and then next week we'll have that interview. Okay. So we'll leave that one later. Okay. So somebody asked, asked, one of the questions I asked on social media was like, if you could ask somebody like Abraham Hicks or somebody like that, anything, what would you ask? And somebody asked, how do they, how do they channel? And they're referring to people like Abraham Hicks and probably like, what's his name? Daryl something who channels Bashar. There's a few different people who channel 
So how do they channel? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that like our actual human mind only has a few different roles. You know, it's very much like a calculator. It takes information, it weighs information, it compares information, it calculates information, but we have a deeper infinite con like knowledge and connection. Um, because we are all one, because we are part of that infinite consciousness, because we are, we can tap into that infinite knowledge. We can, we can tap into the knowledge of other beings, other humans, and the consciousness of other beings and other humans. One of the common things that happens for people who, um, experience self-realization. And when I talk about self-realization, I'm talking about the awakening to your true nature, which many have called in the past quote unquote enlightenment. Um, what happens a lot is they awaken the ability to be telepathic and that can be between humans, but it can also be between other forms of consciousness. Um, I'm not saying that people who channel are necessarily self, um, self-realized or, or, um, enlightened or whatever, but I'm just saying, I'm just giving an example of people who, who awaken to who and what they really are and start resting and start existing in that area of that infinite knowledge, infinite consciousness, where we are all connected, where we are, all are the same thing at our very essence, you then can tap into connection with other people's perspective of consciousness. So, um, whether these people are doing it from intent, like from that place or unintentionally, we all have the ability to tap in. We all have the ability to um, have telepathic abilities. We all have the ability to channel um, other entities, whether it's, you know, um, interdimensional beings, spirit, um, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, any, any other beings you can think of. We can tap in and channel anything, really, that exists. So, because we're all the same thing, every single thing is part of that infinite consciousness. It's not just humans. It's not just humans that are part of that infinite consciousness and knowledge. Every single thing in quote unquote existence is part of that. Like when you say, I am the universe and the universe is in me, that's what it's talking about. We are that, we are that which created the universe and all universes and all dimensions and all planes and all timelines and all, all everything. And we are, we are that which created it and we are that. So we are every single thing in existence on all timelines, planes, dimensions, universes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we can tap into that and we can channel different things. So there's a guy who channels, um, uh, supposedly I don't like, I don't have any proof, but I, I, I believe him. Um, he channels a like a extraterrestrial um like a different dimensional being and it's Bashar and I really like a lot of the stuff that he brings in through his channeling because I believe it resonates with a lot of what I believe um and then of course there's Abraham Hicks who supposedly tra uh, channels a collective consciousness and so when the here, as I said earlier in this podcast, when you decide something, when you intend something, when you ask something, the answer is always yes. Um, so if it's not happening, there's something else going on. You're having other thoughts, other desires, other things that you're putting out there, whether intentionally or unintentionally that are actually like canceling it out or contradicting it, but ultimate or, you know, or which, which is in many ways, what we call resistance or blocks or whatever. 
So with Abraham Hicks, for instance, Esther Hicks, the woman who channels Abraham Hicks, she talks about it in her book. She basically saw some, you know, went and like met up with somebody, a psychic or whatever, who channeled a being. And she's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to be able to channel. And I was like, okay, well, you know, sit in your chair, meditate for 15 minutes without moving. You know, anytime a thought comes into your mind, kick the thought out of your mind or whatever and see what happens. You can channel too. Anybody can channel. That's what this woman told Esther Hicks. And so Esther went home with her husband and did this. And she ended up, she told the story in her book, how she was like, kept resetting the timer for 15 minutes. And um, her head kept wanting to move around, but she was pushing a lot of the thoughts out. And she realized she was actually pushing out the channeling. And the her head moving was actually like her face, I guess, like her nose like was spelling out letters. Anyway, you can read any of their books to... I think it's in like ask and it is given. That's the name of the book, right? Um, anyway, yeah, I think it's in, it's in one of their books and the story. But the point is, is that she said, I would like to channel and guess what? The universe asking it is given, right? The universe is like, okay, here you go. And she didn't have any resistance to it. She believed she could do it. And she started channeling. Now, what it is that she is channeling, she says it's a, um, or Abraham, they call themselves Abraham, collective consciousness. Um, I can't say for sure, but I do believe that she's channeling. I don't think it's anything bad. I, um, I do believe that there is different levels of collective consciousness. So it could be like, yeah, a higher being that is actually an, at a level of a collective consciousness. I'm not going to go into that in depth in this episode, but that's, that's what it is basically. And it's, you know, you can, like I said, you can channel anyone from like somebody who's passed over, just like a spirit all the way up to like higher level beings who are collective consciousnesses. Is that even where consciousness is? <laughs> um, or, you know, extraterrestrial beings, um, other dimensional beings, um, higher dimensional beings. Some people, you know, call, what some people call angels. Yeah, I believe we, we all are. Everything is that infinite consciousness. So we can tap into any of that and channel any of that. So that's the answer to that question. And the same person asked... What can I do to get clarity in my intuition? And my answer to that is just practice. Practice your intuition. If you start, what I did, what I did a while ago when I was really trying to fine tune my intuition was I just really trusted every single nudge. So like, um, I'll tell you a quick story. It was, it was, it was a very specific time in my life when I was doing this. I had just gotten out of my marriage. I had just gotten, um, we weren't divorced yet. I had literally had just left my marriage. Um, and so I was, I was inspired to dive back into my spiritual journey and dive back into my spiritual practices. And I was doing a lot of things, um, around that. And one of the things was trying to fine tune my psychic abilities and my intuition and so, yeah, I just like noticed, I was just super aware and noticed I felt a little bit like off about something. I would choose not to do it. If I got a nudge to something, I would do it. It was kind of like experimenting and testing it around with it. And I started to notice that 
that it started to be really accurate. So I remember this one instance where a bunch of us were going to go out to eat in the city and it was late and I, I wanted mussels and white wine sauce. That's what I wanted. I just knew I want mussels, white wine sauce. That's what I was craving. It's like, wherever we go, let's try to find a place that has it. And you know, it's in San Francisco, so it's not really that hard to find, um, a restaurant that serves that. And so we're walking along and it was a little late. So a lot of things were closed, but not everything was closed. Anyway, we're walking around, we're checking menus and we found this restaurant that was like Italian food kind of like this newer Italian place, but they had a, um, a mussels, a mussels and, and a broth and a white wine broth or whatever. And, and everybody was excited, like, yeah, and you can have your mussels and like, I can have pasta. And, and that's what we all agreed on. But as soon as we got there, I just got the intuitive nudge. Like, even though that's what I was craving, I, I even put it, I was like, that's wherever we go has to have mussels and white wine sauce. That's what I want. <laughs> and so we get there and all of a sudden I just got the intuitive nudge that was like, no, don't get the muscles. And so I didn't, I ended up getting like something super simple. Let's just say, I just remember it being like super basic and super simple. So let's just say for the story's sake, cause I don't remember exactly what I had ordered, um, that it was like fettuccine Alfredo or something just super basic, super basic. And it wasn't like, it was a nice restaurant. It was like a hip, like wine, I think it was like a wine bar slash restaurant. It was really pop. It was really like popular. There was a lot of like people in there really. It was a decent, nice place. And, um, and I ordered like something boring and some other people got some other things. And one of our friends ordered like the seafood pasta, like with linguine, something like that, like something with clams and mussels in it, like the linguine with clams and mussels or something. And Anyway, the next day I get a call from my friend, a different one of the friends that was with us, not that not that one, and he said that that person who had gotten the mussels and clams was super ill, super ill, and like, yeah, basically got food poisoning from the mussels and clams. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I just knew. I don't know how I knew there was not like I said that it was a nice restaurant. It was an upscale place. It was like busy, like there was nothing that would have said like, don't get seafood here or anything. It was just an intuitive nudge. And so the more I practiced it and started getting confirmation that, that it works, that my intuition is correct and I need to trust it and listen to it, the stronger that my intuition got. So that would be my advice is really just start, even if it doesn't make any sense, just start testing it, start listening to it. Maybe if you want, you can like play with not listening, not, not this, not if it's a really strong nudge though, cause you don't want to put yourself at danger or whatever, but maybe if it's like something small, you can like practice, see what happens if you don't listen to it and see what happens. But I would advise actually to listen to it. But you know, there's other times where around that same period where I was really playing with this, I was, um, I was visiting some family, some cut, I have I have a few cousins who are, they're a little younger than me, but they're pretty much around my age. And, um, and when we all get together, we like to go out, you know, maybe like go to a nightclub or go to a bar. And I was visiting them in Reno, actually, where I am right now. <laughs> we were, we were in Reno and a bunch of them wanted to go out. And so we were in the car somebody was driving us. I forget who somebody was driving us. We're about to go out and I got an intuitive nudge not to go out. And so 
I was like, oh, okay, I gotta listen to it. So I was like, actually, I'm not gonna go. I'm not, I'm not feeling up to it. So you guys go have fun. I'm just gonna go back, you know, home. To, we were at my grandparents' house. Go back to my grandparents' house. And of course, they tried to convince me, and I said no. And I went home, and nothing happened. Like they had a great time. Nothing happened. Um, there was nothing like, oh, I, I was right. Nothing happened to them. But I, you know, and sometimes it's gonna be like that, where like you may never know. But knowing how much my intuition has always led me right. It has never led me astray. I know that there was reason that I got that nudge not to go. And so, I mean, maybe it was like, maybe I was going to, you know, you never know. Maybe something was going to happen. It was just going to happen to me. I don't know, but I didn't go. And so, so really just practicing and getting proof, listening to the proof, um, and that's my advice, really just fine tuning and practicing and being curious about it. And even if nothing, like it, like the time when I didn't go out with my cousins, even if there ends up being nothing, you never find out what it was. Just trust that it happened for a reason, you know? Um, you know, sometimes I, I think about when I remember one time I was halfway cause I don't actually I wasn't actually living in San Francisco. I live, I'm from like right above, right north of San Francisco. And we have to drive like across the bridge. It's, it's not that far, but you still have to like, yeah, go across the bridge and get on the freeway and drive 15 minutes. It's not really that big of a deal, but it feels like a bigger deal to get to San Francisco than it is. Um, but I remember we were already like about to get on the bridge and I realized I forgot my ID to go because we were going to go out and we had to turn around and go back. And I remember thinking like, just like, there's a reason that this happened. If I hadn't gone back and forgot my ID, something could have happened. There's a reason this was protection. And I have another experience <laughs> like that. I feel like I'm not going to get through all the questions, but that's okay. We'll make this a long episode. Um, so there was another experience, for example, like that, where a bunch of friends of mine and I were at a Halloween party in San Francisco. And it was, there's this like old um, military, I think it's like a military place, an old military place, it's like a bunch of warehouses. And they would turn one of the warehouses into like this big Halloween party. And we got there where we had two cars of people and we got there. I want I was driving my car and somebody else, I forget who. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We got there and we drove in and there's like a paid parking area and then there's like some free parking. And we get there and we, we parked in the free parking, got out of the car and all of a sudden I got this nudge like we shouldn't park here. And my friends were like, what? And I was just like, well, I don't know. It looks like it might be part. Because also, that's also where like people park for their yachts. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. This might be, this might actually not be parking for us. We might not be able to be, to be parking here right now. It was late at night also. We might not be able to be parking. I think that maybe these are like for the yacht owners, right? I don't think you can park here. I don't know why. <laughs> I just remember thinking like, getting a nudge that we shouldn't be parked there, but it's not because I had a nudge that something bad was going to happen. I just had a nudge that we shouldn't be parked there. And I, my logic immediately thought like, oh, we might get a ticket or get towed because I think maybe this is for like the yacht, the, um, the yacht, the docks. And so, 
So I made everybody move. <laughs> I moved my car and I made the other car move their car. We need to go park in the paid parking just to be sure. I don't want anybody to get a ticket. I don't want anybody to get towed. We're going to move from this parking area. And so we did. Went and paid and, and went to the paid parking. Anyway, when we went to go leave the, the party, I don't know, it was like late at night. When we went to go leave the party, we were walking out and we go to go to my car and I hear gunshots. Oh, at first I was like, we hear boom, boom, boom. And, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, is that gunshots or fireworks? My friend's like, it's just fireworks. Like, okay. And then I hear this woman like screaming bloody murder, like help, help, help. It's like, no, that was gunshots. And so of course, you know, I call 911 and luckily there's a bunch of other people calling 911. So anyway, turned out that right where we had parked another group of people, these, this guy and there's two people, I think I don't remember, but one of the guys in one of the groups went and grabbed the behind, let's just say of one of the women in another group and the, her boyfriend, the girl boyfriend was like, why are you don't, you can't like basically was confrontational. Cause she's like, she, he just basically, you know, assaulted his girlfriend. And so he started whatever yelling, like, don't touch, don't touch her. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I don't remember the whole story. And we found this out later, like, you know, through the news or whatever. But, um, so then the first group of people actually were like criminals. They had like stolen guns and stuff. They were like in a drug thing and had stolen guns. They actually had guns in their car and he went and grabbed his gun. And, um, this is a trigger warning. So just let you know. And so pause it, fast forward if you have to, but he, um, shot the guy in the head, I think three times. <laughs> so anyway, there, here's the thing Th that happened. We had, they had to have left the club or the party at the same time that we did with the timing. When we drove out, we saw, when we drove out, we, the, I think the ambulance had just got there. We actually saw some of the scene and they, it was hap it happened right where we had originally been parked. Had we not moved our car, it could have been us. It could have been us because they had to have left the place at the exact same time around the same time as us. Cause the timing, just the timing wise, and they were parked right where we were originally parked. They were not parked. I don't know where they were parked, but the event happened. The incident happened right where we had been parked. If we had been parked there, I had left the party at the same time we did leave the party. It could have been us or we could have been caught in the, you know, situation of it. I think back to that because it's like, I was insistent. No, I was being the annoying one. He's like, we need to move. We cannot park here. We need to move. We cannot park here. We're going to get towed. We're going to get a ticket. And then that happened. And like all of us, you know, I was driving. So I wasn't like, I didn't see too, too much, but I know a few of our party, I think saw stuff like, you know, stuff of it that was, would not be fun to very see. And it was just like traumatizing and it was, you know, for me, I was just kind of like, wow, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. So anyway, trust your intuition. Even if you never find out what could have happened, 
just trust that your intuition is always guiding you on the right path. When you get a nudge positively or a nudge negatively, trust it. Trust it, trust it, trust it. And um, positively, you know, when you get a positive nudge to do something, like, yes, do this, that, that intuition. Again, even if you, even if it's not an immediate reason like oh an immediate payoff an immediate like obvious reason why you were led to do that thing there there's a bigger web that's being woven you know you you may not find out until later you may not find out until years later how that dot connected you may never find out it may be like something that you'll never find out but trust it trust it trust it trust it your intuition sees the bigger picture than your mind ever could and it is there for you for your highest good and the highest good of those around you. Um, so <laughs> I'll answer this last. Well, actually, I'll, I'll go through the other questions, even if it has to be a long episode. But I'm not going to get into the, um, the popular questions. I'll just get into the ones that were asked by my listeners because I want to honor everyone. And so um, another thing that this person asked is, how do I get rid of the annoyance of the time of the time gap in manifesting. How do I get rid of the annoyance and the time gap of manifesting? Okay, so there's a few things. One is that the way our reality works, and this this term that I'm about to say is not my creation. I actually heard it from Bashar. Bashar, but I liked it, so <laughs> I'm going to repeat it because it's very true. Um, our reality is like an echo. It's like an echo of what we were creating just a little bit ago. So there's always going to be a time gap in this 3d reality. As you move on to other dimensions of reality, that time gap gets, you know, less and less because, you know, like things can manifest more instantaneously. But here in this 3d world where we have 3d material things, um, there, it takes a while. There's always going to be a little bit of a time gap, sometimes less than others. I've had things manifest within like minutes or hours or overnight. Um, other things may take a while. There was something that took me years and years and years into manifest, but it doesn't always have to be super long time. Um, one thing is that you always, no matter what, you always want to practice gratitude. You want to practice gratitude. It is going to get you on the highest vibration. It is going to get you on the vibration, the closest to divine love. It is going to get you in the vibration of of loving what you have in your life right now as it is, no matter what's going on in your life. So the more that you practice gratitude in the the in-between stages of the time when you're putting out a manifestation and the time when the manifestation comes in, the less that you're going to have that, like that, that neediness, that like tight grip on the manifestation, you're going to be focused on really just appreciating what you have now and the life that you have now. And you're going to be cultivating um, more things to be grateful. You're going to be, you're going to really be learning to accept in the joy and the pleasure, the abundance, the peace of that you have now, which is actually your true nature. Um, while you, while that makes energetic space for that thing that you're calling in to drop in. Also, as far as the time gap goes, 
I said this once on a client call. Um, just, I said something like, time is actually just a measure of the resistance. Well, like I said, that's not 100% true because there is like a time gap to certain things. Sometimes certain things have to fall into place and it might take a little bit of time for those things to fall into place for that thing that you're asking for to come to you in, um, in the best way possible for you and everyone else involved. But if there's anything longer than that, that's because there's some resistance. It's like, it's like, imagine, you know, imagine you have, I always, I always visualize it in my head, like trickle of water, like there's water coming down, but then you have all these like blocks where it like blocks off where the water can come down and the water has to kind of like go around that and find a new route. And then there's a block, the water has to go around that and find the new route. If you had, op- if you were completely open with no resistance to your desires, then the water would just come through in the quickest and easiest direct most direct path passage but most likely you have all these resistance up so the universe is very the way that the universe works it's actually not meant to be frustrating or punishing or anything it's meant to be for you all the time so when you ask for something when you're saying okay I want to manifest something and then it's not coming in or things that are showing you the opposite is coming in it is not because it is against you or you are not meant to have it or you know you're being punished or anything it's not nothing like that it is there for you to get your desire and what I mean by that is because if it's not the thing itself it is showing you where the resistance is it is showing you where the block is and then you can look at it clearly look at it fully bring full awareness to it and clear it out do what you need to clear it out whether it's changing subconscious beliefs allowing yourself to feel through some stuck emotions allowing yourself to reprogram your subconscious or just be with it without resisting through awareness so for instance let's say and i've used this this example before let's say that i'm manifesting let's say manifesting ten ten thousand dollars i want to manifest ten thousand dollars right so I'm manifesting $10,000 and then an unexpected thing comes into the bank and I actually get $1,000 withdrawn from my bank, leaving me with, I don't know, I'm assuming that I need the $10,000, whatever. Let's say you get a large sum of withdrawing from the bank, leaving you with like less money than you had hoped for. And so you're like, wait, I'm trying to manifest $10,000, not lose money. I asked to manifest $10,000 and now I'm losing $1,000 or whatever, $5,000 or whatever it is, right? That might seem a little bit frustrating or like I must be doing something wrong or whatever. But all it's doing is showing you like, hey, maybe, you know, showing you a belief. So then it's your job to get curious. Hmm, I wonder like what this is showing me because it's showing you a belief it's showing you a block to why the $10,000 hasn't come in yet and so and so your job again is to get curious why would I manifest this or um or is there anything I need to look at or even sometimes it's just allowing without resisting like okay well this happened there must be a reason why um I'll, I'll give you another example there must well what let me finish that sentence. There must be a reason why this occurred in the bigger picture. So for instance, again, um, I, I don't remember what my, what my goal itself was, but something happened. I ended up, I worked for, I worked for this company that, um, that I was just not, I was not having fun at that job at all. 
And I ended up, I was a manager there. A lot of things happened. I ended up getting fired, surprisingly, for something really stupid, like really stupid. And I was like upset, uh, so upset. And I thought like the world was over. I was also only 19 at the time or something. So I was really young. <laughs> and anyways, I thought the world was over. I'd lost this job, blah, blah, blah. And it ended up being for me because it ended up, I, I, I was trying to, I wanted to go to UC Berkeley. That was my end goal, but I didn't, I was working, you know, I didn't think I could afford to go back to school. All this stuff had happened. Anyways, from getting fired at that job and that happened in February, I was in school, I was back in school getting my, you know, on the way, on the way to get to my degree come that fall. So February, so from fe February to August, a series of events, starting with me getting fired from that job, which I thought was the end of the world, was actually for me because it opened up. Because if, if I hadn't gotten fired from that job, I would have probably tried to, like, you know, get get um, get promoted within the company. I mean, the company itself is a prestigious company. It just, the job sucked. The, it sucked working for them, but from the outside, it seems like a prestigious company. So I probably would have continued to try to get promoted, make more money, maybe eventually transfer to another company where I had better opportunities, but climb the corporate ladder to get higher and higher and have that bigger paycheck, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That probably would have been my route had I not got fired, but I got fired. <laughs> so series of events happened that ended up putting me back in school. But and that would have never happened. So it happened for me. So sometimes it's just an event that needed to happen in order to get you to where you want to go in the quickest amount of time. So um, honor the time gap because sometimes it's just the events are happening behind the scenes that need to happen. Understand that in this reality, it's an echo. As Bashar says, Bashir, whatever his name is. <laughs> and then... Um, and then also, you know, just be super aware and see if anything that's being shown to you is resistance. Another thing I want to add to that is that also sometimes you may put a manifestation out there. You may say, I want this or put an intention out there. Or do whatever like you do with for your manifesting ritual or whatever. But then you're put unintentionally putting counter manifestations out there, right? So you may say, I want to manifest $10,000, but you're constantly saying all the time, oh, I'm broke. I can't afford that. I, money never comes to me. Why does money always seem to go away? And you're, those are all manifestations that you're putting out there. Every single thing we do think, every single moment we're manifesting. So you may have one really focused, strong intention that you put out there, but if the rest of your stuff that you're doing or that's are like, or maybe your, your subconscious, subconscious is replaying on that um, tape that it plays over and over and over again, is constantly putting out a counter manifestation, then yeah, that thing can't come to you because you're also manifesting it not coming to you and it's canceling each other out. And usually, um, if it's something that's like being replayed over and over and over again in our subconscious, it's being put out over and over and over again. So that actually is going to outweigh that one time intentional manifestation that you made. But it's not something to freak out about. It's easy to fix. You just have to, you know, yeah, it's easy enough to fix. You just have to really become aware of what you are calling in um, unintentionally. You can do that by looking at your reality and what keeps coming in and then, you know, going and changing your subconscious beliefs. Once you're aware you have a negative subconscious belief, it becomes easy to change it. Once you bring it into the light, once you bring it into the consciousness, you can shift it into a 
into a belief that supports your manifestation. I hope that helps. <laughs> I only have, so let's try to get this done within the hour. Okay, so somebody said, ask the question, I love to learn more about how to overcome imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. So you have to do, just do the thing. <laughs> Just do the thing. Just get out there and do the thing. Do the thing. Do it over and over again. Do it over and over again. Understand that feeling or rejection or making a mistake, it's all something you can get up and try again on. Get up and try again. Get up and try again. The pain of never having attempted it, the pain of looking back and realizing that like, you could have done these things. You could have been that person. You could have whatever. Is worse than falling down, scraping your knee a little bit, getting back up and trying it again. For me, imposter syndrome is something that I really struggled with. And really, I just like realized, was aware of it, held it in my awareness and just kept going, just kept moving, just kept doing the thing. Sometimes I felt a little embarrassed. Sometimes I felt a little nervous. Sometimes I, you know, I've failed. I've made mistakes. I've done many things, but you just get up and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And then you realize that either you develop, either before maybe you didn't, you, you, you know, we're not that level. You were, you were faking it till you made it or whatever. But eventually you either realize that you, that you there's no reason to feel like a fraud. There's no reason to feel like an imposter. You already are that which you were hoping to be or that which you are, you know, saying that you are or you become it. You realize you already were or you become it. You become it. You start to fit that scenario or that, you know, person. Anything that you ask for, the universe delivers. So if you say you want to be a certain person or have a certain level of knowledge or be at a certain level or whatever, you get to be that. You get to be that whether you're there already or not. And you have to trust that and walk with that faith of that. But, you know, you can't let it hold you back. You have to be able, you don't, you have to learn and force yourself to walk with the fear of being a fraud, of being an imposter while just doing the thing. Just keep doing the thing over and over and over again. Also for me, it really helped to find, just to like watch other people, not to compare myself to other people, but to like prove to myself that I really do know what I'm talking about. Or I really do know, you know, that I'm not a fraud, that I'm not an imposter. Because if I watch people, for instance, when I first started this, watch people talk about manifestation. Like I've learned a lot from other people, but at the same time, I've also been able to confirm like, wow, I do actually know what I'm talking about. I knew all of that. They're teaching people this and I knew all of that. And I've known all that for a while and I've been able to do that. And so that also helps having that confirmation by watching others. As long as you're not watching and comparing, as long as you're watching and using it either to showed to yourself, I do know this stuff while at the same time being open and open to learning. Because if you don't know it, then you've just learned it, 
right? And now you've upped your knowledge and you get to practice it and you get to utilize it in your life and you get to embody it. And then guess what? Now you're becoming more of that person. You know what I mean? So either way, it's a win-win situation. Either you know it and you prove to yourself like, wow, I am this good already. I do know what I'm talking about. I am at this level or you don't. And then you learn it and then you get at that level and then you become that person. So I hope that helped. Um, somebody asked if I've ever seen aliens or UFOs. And the answer to that is I have seen a UFO, um, not an alien, but I've seen a UFO. And I mean, I've seen a few things where I question whether they were UFOs, where I could like maybe say, okay, yeah, that was UFO. There's one particular instance where I saw something that was definitely a UFO. Again, remember that UFO is unidentified flying object. So, I mean, could it have been a government thing? Sure. Could it have been a winter weather balloon? Probably not, <laughs> but you know, they love they at least on the TV, they love to call everything weather balloons. Um, it was definitely an unidentified flying object. And, um, basically it was, I was looking at the sky from, I was house sitting. I was looking at the sky. These people lived up like up on this hill overlooking this like little island. There's a little island by San Francisco overlooking this island. And anyway, I'm going to try and make this really short because it doesn't really have anything to do with spirituality or manifestation, but I want to answer the question. I saw this formation of like three, three bright lights and they weren't moving. They weren't coming closer. They weren't moving, they weren't moving away and they weren't moving like anywhere. They were just like hovering and the island is close by. It's not like way in the distance, like pretty close by. They're hovering above the island This in in a triangle formation. And then one of them broke away, went down to the island. I don't know if they landed. I couldn't see if they like, but went down to kind of disappeared towards the island and then came back up and went right back into that perfect triangle formation. It was a long time ago. Um, and then like just a few, it was quite a while of like one would move and then come back into the triangle formation and then like another would move and come back into the triangle. And then eventually they just like disappeared. Now, part of me was like, okay, it could be helicopters, but why are hel- why are there three helicopters? It just, it wasn't helicopters. That's the only thing I could think of in my logical skeptic mind, because I am very much, I do have a very like a skeptical mind, but, and I was with somebody and they too are like, I have no idea. And I looked it up and I've seen other people kind of like talk about the, the triangle formation and like, you know, it clearly wasn't coming, it was, clearly wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't coming towards you. It wasn't going anywhere. And then one would just like move and then eventually they'd just like disappear. So that's what I saw. I don't know. I think it was a UFO. It was a UFO because I can't identify it, but there's no way it could have been a helicopter. It could like, sometimes if an airplane is cut, like if you see an airplane like landing, but it's landing towards you, it looks kind of like a stationary bright light for a while, but it wasn't anything like that. It was like literally hovering above this island. <laughs> so anyways, that's my UFO story. I definitely believe in aliens and UFOs. I believe that, um, that they, they visit us. I don't have any proof. It's just a belief of mine, but I had that vision and I believe some people I know, I do definitely understand that some people make up stories, but I've heard a lot of stories that I believe. I have a friend who um, wrote a book on this. I've been trying to get him to do a, to, I used to want to do a podcast with him about the paranormal. He wrote a book about this, but, um, but yeah, so maybe, maybe, maybe I'll have a little sub podcast about the paranormal one day, but 
Um, I've heard some really interesting stories from him, interviews that he's done with like people who used to work for the government and all kinds of stuff. Okay, so that's the UFOs. <laughs> and no, I have not seen an alien or anything, but like I said, I have people who I believe that have seen them. Um, yeah. I have two more questions that I'll answer and then we'll end the episode and then I'll do more Q&A's so if you're listening to this and you have questions that you would like to ask me please message me um you can find me on social media I have my information at the end of this as well at the end of the episode um I'll leave a little Q&A thing as well at the end I think on Spotify you can ask a question and I'll address it in other Q&A series. And I'll, and I'll go through the... I picked a few popular questions to ask. But um, I'm not going to get to those. So maybe I'll get to those in the next time. So anyway. The other question was... How do you break the cycles of relationship patterns? Okay. So... The site... I'm going to tell you something that I believe. And I'm going to tell you some facts. <laughs> I like to separate, you know, the two. So, I mean, not that my things that I believe aren't facts, but, you know, there's, yeah, you understand. I believe, for instance, and with the aliens walk among us, but I don't have any proof, and so I can't say that that's a fact, although I believe, I believe it, and I believe people who claim that they have proof, so that's an example. And there's the fact that we all are infinite consciousness. There's a fact that that there's gravity, that if I drop something from the second story, it's going to hit the ground unless it comes across any other, you know, resistance or thing that, that stops it. So anyways, those are facts, right? <laughs> so anyway, okay. So how do you break the cycles of relationship patterns? I believe, and from my experience and witnessing the healing and of others, is that Sometimes, sometimes things that cycles that we have in relationships come from this life, but sometimes it can come from past lives lives. So I want to just start with that because you can look back at your, you know, experience with your, with your parents, the people who raised you. you can look back and see your experience with like past partners you can look back and try to look for any trauma or whatever and still have like really not so healthy cycles going on in your relationship but not see anything what could have caused it. So I definitely believe and I've seen through, like I said, the healing of other people and the healing of myself that sometimes this can come from past lives, past lives or, um, you know, generational ancestry kind of stuff like, like in our you know, we are, we, we have our genes or whatever, I guess you could, you could say that, but yeah, we are all energy imprints. So that's what I wanted to start with, but you break the cycles of relationship patterns by becoming aware of what is creating them in the first place. So fine tuned awareness. So get very curious. Like if you're, if you tend to attract a partner who is flaky all the time and doesn't really pay attention to you get curious why am I attracting this kind of partner you know it could be you it may be something when you go back into childhood you find that like you 
never nobody ever really gave you the intention you the attention that you needed and that you deserved and now you're repeating this cycle with your partner and there's a million different examples there's a million different things it could be but I definitely believe it's some sort of inner programming that came from this life or past lives or generational or ancestry you know and while if you can if you ask, if you get curious about it and you find something once you see it again once you bring it to the light it becomes very easy to clear it becomes very easy comes much easier to heal don't resist it look at it face on and heal it sometimes you may not be able to pinpoint the thing and that's okay you don't always have to necessarily find the source although that can help you don't always necessarily have to find the source but through honoring the things that come up in the moment when it's happening, for instance, let's say, oh, I don't know, let's say you attract partners who um, always cheat on you. you. You attract partners who always cheat on you. Even if you can't pinpoint what the source is from like past programming or whatever, what does that feel like? What kind of fears does that bring up? What is coming up? When that occurs, what is coming up? Because what's happening is it's coming up, whatever is coming up, it's for you to heal. If it's fear, if it's anger, if it's pain, if it's whatever, it's coming up for you to look at full, straight in the face, face your demons and let it go without resistance, without avoidance, without necessarily trying to fix healing isn't about fixing it's about acknowledging and letting it go it's about acknowledging without resistance and letting it go and and many times replacing it with better programming better thoughts better feelings so relationships are very are very complicated i feel like there's not really i can't really give you like a tried and true formula here on this quick q a answer i would definitely um I would definitely recommend working with someone if you can, if you have a lot of stuff going on. Um, I would recommend, let's see, any like books that I could recommend around relationships. We'll have to think about that one. But it all comes back to fine-tuned awareness. So I'll give you this kind of general three-step process, right? So when you're look when you're trying to look at something. First, allow what comes up to comes up to come up without resistance. You can journal on it. You can just sit with it. As long as you're not trying to analyze it with your mind, you're not trying to think about it. You're not creating more feelings on top of that feeling, secondary and tertiary feelings. You're just observing it. You're just aware of what's going on. There's pain. You observe the pain. There's anger. You observe the anger. There's frustration. You observe the frustration. For me, it helps me just to like mind dump or whatever I call it mind dump onto a piece of paper just write everything that comes up every belief that comes up everything feeling I'm I'm so angry whatever let it out until I feel neutral you can use EFT tapping you can google what that is if you don't know what that is um there's all these different methods that you can use to help assist in the purge of the emotions and the acceptance but also like purging of the emotions once you've purged everything and your emotional state has gone back to neutral meaning there's no like emotional charge around the situation then you can go in and what I like to do is I like to have some sort of like gratitude practice like think about what I am grateful for in like my relationship situation or whatever the situation I'm doing this work around 
Um, I like to, yeah, think about what I do want to carry forward, what I do appreciate, what is going right, what I do, all the positives that exist right now in this moment. And then I like to go and call in, call in something new. So this is kind of like my three-step method. Call in something new. So, okay, I purge out all this negative emotion. The purge, I've observed without judgment, without anything, all the, my beliefs. Um, oh, and also step two, if you have limiting beliefs that come up, what you can do as well is write down facts that you know that contradict the limiting belief. Like, for instance, we're talking about relationships. So, for instance, nobody loves me, da 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 What's well, a fact that I know? Well, I know that I actually have family who love me very deeply and unconditionally. Um, I know that there have been, you know, as a straight female, there have been men in my life who adored me and loved me and spoiled me and treated me with kindness. I know that at the very essence of my nature, who I am, I am love. I am a love factory. From the depths of who I am at my essence, I generate love and therefore I cannot be separate from love. Not only am I love, but I am loved and I'm loved by the infinite. I am eternally loved. Whatever, it has to be true. Stuff that you genuinely, like with the gratitude, there's the gratitude, what you genuinely are grateful for in this moment around the subject, same thing. What you genuinely know to be true in this moment that contradicts the negative belief, okay? And then step number three, like I was just saying, is calling in. You're, you're putting in new beliefs. I believe this is where affirmation come, affirmations come in handy. I, you know, men or women, whatever, are attracted to me. They, they love me. They, you know, bend over backwards to spend time with me. Put in the beliefs. Maybe these are things that you're not necessarily 100% believing yet, but you're calling in. You're calling in new. Um this is also where you can say like, oh my gosh, what, what if I attracted the perfect man? Oh, that would be so wonderful. And then start imagining like what that would be like. Imagining as if it's now you can say, I'm so happy and grateful now that put in like what you're calling in and, and find proof, find other people who have been able to do that. Find, find proof and through other people who have been able to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish or find proof in your life that already exists. So you can so use that with your relationships. Again, if you could hire somebody to work to work on this with, that will help you move through it so much faster. I can't think of any books at the moment, but if I do, I will put them in the show notes. Um, but yes, so you can break cycles with relationships. I've done it. I I have had some horrendous relationships. I was in an awful marriage. I was with a narcissist, I have been cheated on, I have been lied to, I have been a doormat, I have been gaslit to the point where I thought it was normal, <laughs> and I've done a lot of work around it from, you know, going back to things that, hap- that happened in my childhood or growing up, going back to past life events, clearing them out, healing from them. I use a lot of that method I just told you. For- That's pr- I may tweak it a bit here and there, but I use that method that I just told you many, many times when I'm going back and clearing things out. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ultimately, it's like this. Old patterns 
are usually in the dark. Okay? So, it's something that we were avoiding. It's something that we're repressing. It's something that we're not facing. It's something that comes up and we blame somebody else or we like think that there's something wrong with us and we're not looking squarely at the issue. We're not, we're pushing down the hard emotions. We get angry and we're trying to make ourselves feel better. We're distracting ourselves with, you know, maybe dating a bunch of random people, maybe drinking too much, maybe, you know, whatever, sleeping around. I don't know, whatever. Everybody has their own thing. Um, we're avoiding, we're avoiding looking at it. We're avoiding looking at it. We're avoiding looking at it. Sometimes it comes from some really old trauma. That's really deep. And that I definitely recommend working with somebody on, um, working with a professional on maybe depending on how you know how deep that goes but once you bring it to the light and look at it squarely without resistance it's like awareness this infinite awareness is like a bright light that heals and clears all so if you're avoiding it it's just going to stay there it's going to stay festering under the surface but if you put awareness on it you're putting this bright light that's going to heal so even just through being aware of it, even just through bringing it to light, even through no, non-resistance, looking at it, you're looking at your demons square in the face, looking at your past stuff square in the face, looking at through difficult emotions that come up square in the face, shining that light of awareness on it, you are healing it, okay? So I know it's kind of a long answer, but how do you break up the cycles of relationship patterns? Becoming aware of the, the, those patterns exist is the first step. If it goes deeper and you can see deeper into where that is, what, what it's coming from, you know, it could be a pattern that's coming from something like a deep-seated thing, like that you, that you feel like you didn't get enough, like, attention as a kid, or I don't know. It could be, like, some really deep stuff. Becoming aware and not, resist, and not resisting it, becoming aware, that's going to heal it. Awareness heals awareness without resistance heals it's like if you imagine something in the dark bringing it into the light of a of awareness that heals it sometimes that may t take some deep work like i said with a professional maybe through some journaling but other times just simply being aware of it and then replacing it with better thoughts better emotions better affirmations can shift it i hope that helped one more question and then this is becoming quite a long episode can I can you have fear and still manifest can you have fear and still manifest of course <laughs> of course you can have fear and still manifest so every single thing okay every single thing that is in our reality is a manifestation so can you first of all you're always manifesting you're always manifesting now if you're scared and you're manifesting that fear might show up in your manifestation but you don't have to be afraid of that you know if that happens then you for me that happens if you're really afraid and you're focusing on your fear and you're resisting things and whatever and then that manifests into your life the fear manifests into your life for me it kind of eliminates the fear because it's like you faced it and realize it's not as bad as you're fearing it's going to be and then you can move on from it so that's happened in my life many times um but there's also a fear that comes from leaving our comfort zone. That kind of fear is normal 
and mo moving forward, stepping into your desires, stepping into your manifestations, despite the fear, while honoring the fear, being aware that the fear, again, we don't resist anything. Don't resist, resist what you resist persists. You're not resisting the fear here. You're seeing it, you're honoring it, you're bringing it into the light of awareness and you move anyway. The fear will dissipate. The fear will dissipate. And you know what? Like I just said before, if the thing that you're fearing happens, which sometimes it does, you'll find that it wasn't that big of a deal to begin with, and then it will be eliminated and you can move on. Either that happens or just the awareness of the fear and moving anyways will dissipate, dissipate the fear. Fear is natural. Our mind wants to keep us in our comfort zone because it believes that it's protecting us, but it's really stagnating us when it does that. So fear is natural form of protection. It doesn't have to mean anything. You move, you move with the fear, you move anyway, you do the things. You hear a lot of times, I, I mean, I do at least, maybe you can, res you can um, this resonates with you. You know, you hear, I hear some people who I, who like, I consider mentors who are very successful coaches, very successful, like, um, mentors out there talk about how, you know, new levels, new devils, um, or how they had to like face something in order to get to the next level. That's kind of the thing. It's like, it's like, let's say you want to be really successful. You want to be fame, like famous in your industry or whatever. Right. And you have this fear, this underlying fear of, oh my gosh, what if like, what if somebody like has a smear campaign against me or whatever, right? What am I going to do? And that's keeping you at, that's keeping you below your potential. That's keeping you from reaching that manifestation, keeping you from reaching that level. If you move while holding that fear, either the fear dissipates or maybe you do manifest something. You hear this all the time. I've heard this with people, like I said, that I, that I know that I watch where like, where like they manifest somebody who actually does end up like putting them out there and like a group of people bullying them or something or, you know, something happens and then they deal with it and then they realize it wasn't as big of a deal as they thought they were fearing deep down and they realize that they can handle it, that they can handle it, that they survived it, that they're still, you know, good. It didn't harm, it didn't kill them. They're, you know, it didn't, it didn't do any really big damage. They move through it and it makes them stronger. And now the fear no longer exists because they've already faced that demon. They've already faced that level, you know, what is it? The boss at the end of a level in a bit in a video game, they've already faced it. They've passed it. They know they can do it. The fear goes away. The fear goes away. So, you know, that kind of like, Oh, I'm being tested. It's not really a test. It's just sometimes the fear either dissipates from the, by the light of the awareness being shined on it and moving anyway. Cause if you're not moving, that means that the fear has grip on you. That means that you're not you're, you're resisting, you're resisting. That means resistance because you're letting the fear have grip on you and you're resisting. If you move anyway through the fear, you are not resisting. You're aware of the fear. You're saying, I'm going to do this anyway. This is my dream. Shining the awareness either dissipates the fear or you may manifest something that forces you to face the fear straight on and then dissipates. And then you reach your new level. You can create a life of ease. And everything does happen for you. Sometimes what happens for you 
is bringing up things that already exist in you because if that fear is in you, it's already been in you. It's already been living in you from somewhere, from something. It's bringing it up so you can clear it one way or another. Clearing it through your awareness, clearing it through reprogramming your subconscious beliefs and feelings, or through facing your demon head on, and then you realize it really wasn't that scary. It really wasn't that scary. So fear does not stop you from manifesting. Fear is going to be a natural occurrence as you get to bigger things. If you didn't fear it, if it was already natural, if the thing you're trying to manifest so badly, so that you would desire so deeply, if there's no fear around it, it, if there was no like resistance, fear, whatever, you'd already be there. It wouldn't be a desire because you'd already be living that reality the moment you decided. So fear is going to be natural when you want to move on to the next level. Move anyway. Know that you can handle whatever comes up and know it's all for you. Always. Okay, so I'm going to end this episode with that. I hope you liked today's episode. Ended up being, I thought it was going to be like a 15 minute episode and it was like almost an hour and a half. But I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be doing more Q&A sessions. So let me know if you have any questions and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes released every Wednesday. Please rate five stars on your favorite podcast platform and share this podcast. If you would like to reach me about my coaching and mentoring programs, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Karina Levon. To be featured on this podcast or for other inquiries or feedback, please email me at beyondstardustpodcast.gmail.com. See you next week.